you don't get better by working what you're already good at. Sure. You cannot win unless you address your weaknesses. And that's where humility comes into greatness too, I guess. It's like you have to really be able to self-assess where you're at with with that without negativity, with just like reality. Right, right. Like this is so. This is where I'm at. I'm glued to the floor. I can't do a back arch. Now what? Hey there, my friend. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project podcast. Today, we're joined by one of our very own Fit Father brothers, Robert Finlay. And this is a powerful conversation, and one I will say on a personal note that I drew a lot of inspiration from. And one of the reasons I drew so much inspiration from this, and I'm excited for you to listen, is that Robert is 69 years young. Uh, We're going to call him basically our fit father, 70-year-old badass. This guy is a total athlete at basically 70 years old. He is doing multi-hundred-mile kayak races. He is running. He's rucking. He's doing pull-ups. He's he's just getting after it. He trains so hard. And he's been an athlete most of his life from his time growing up and his mom encouraging him to climb things and be outdoors and be adventurous to his time in the army to being an iron worker and a kayak guide. He's had a very active life. And I think Robert's one of those guys that's living proof that we're certainly not too over the hill or too old to have a life that's filled with adventure and doing things outdoors and pushing our bodies and our mindset. And this particular conversation goes a little bit longer than some of our normal interviews. Normally, we're going, let's just say, around 45 minutes. This one's a little over an hour. And I want you to listen up and and listen to some of Robert's stories because I think you're going to draw a lot of inspiration from how he personally approaches his life, what he does to modify some of the Fit Father workouts to make them even more engaging and challenging, and just see the mindset of a man who has wanted to push himself at a high level for almost all of his life and how he did slip up and fall, a little bit of a fall from grace that he was able to use the Fit Father program to get motivated back in January of 2022 using the transformation contest. So my urge and my charge for you is to listen to this. And as you're doing in listening to Robert's stories, reflect in your own life, how can you be a little more like Robert in your own life? What can you do to add a little more adventure into your routine? How can you push yourself a little more physically? How can you incorporate some of these deep emotional aspects into your daily workouts and and just how you approach your life? So Robert, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are at some point, thanks for sharing your inspiration and showing us what's possible at 70 years young. And for the rest of our brotherhood, get ready for a really amazing episode. And I'll talk to you guys in just a moment on the episode. All right, Robert, welcome officially to the Fit Father Project podcast, my friend. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. This is fun, actually, you know, because although we're recording this one in the same state, you live in Kingman, Arizona, I live in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona area. And so to kick this off, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to all the guys and gals who are listening to this show, your name, your age, where you're from um, right now, and maybe where you were born as well, and anything that you'd like to share about your family and what you do for work. Okay, so I'm like 45 miles out of Kingman. Yeah. There's no even cell phone coverage where I live. So my wife and I are 45 miles from the nearest grocery store, right? The nearest gym, right? I was born in California. My father was a heavy construction engineer. So by 10th grade, I'd been in 10 different schools. Wow. 
right? Not moving every year, but sometimes moving enough, but it counted, you know, anyway. I'm 69 now, and I'm fired up about that, <laughs> actually. Yeah, so... And um, you are, I know you're retired now, but tell us a little bit about your profession and your professional career. Alrighty. Three days out of high school, I enlisted in the Army in 1971. And I was looking forward to, or thinking of that as a career. And I love soldiering. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later if you want, or if we get there. But um, but after about seven years, I sort of had enough of, of army bureaucracy. And uh, but I had actually gone to school to be an engineer, like my father and grandfather. But um, I didn't see myself working. You know, this, right. So I became an iron worker. I knew a guy in the army whose dad was his family were iron workers. I followed that lead and became a Los Angeles iron worker. And I, I loved it. I mean, it's physical, a lot of problem solving. You know, you, you show up at work, uh, you're the foreman, maybe. Um, your crew looks like a casting out of, uh, you know, Sons of Anarchy or something, you know. <laughs> great guys, a little rough, you know what I mean? A lot of camaraderie and a lot of problem solving. I mean, you have the plans and you you know, there's the job and you, you've got to build this thing. You know, you've got to do it as efficiently as possible. I just love, I love that as a career. I just, I just need work as that. But, but I gave that up about 20 years ago. And, you know, I'd had a, I loved working, but I, I got tired of driving around in circles on the freeways getting to, yeah. to the job. So. Nice. Sounds good. And um, a little bit of background on family, then we'll launch into the, your FF30X journey. Yeah. So. As I became an iron worker, right, the guy I was in the army with, um, I met his sister, and we uh, we got together. Right, with two great kids. Uh, so my kids started rock climbing with me when they were like, I don't know, two years old. Nice. I mean, they were still in Pampers, and they, we they'd be marching through the desert to get to the to the you know the cliffs. And uh, I remember one time they were uh, six and seven or eight, and we just tr- trying a approach to the to the cliff we're going to climb that day. Horrendous, really. And uh, they got up there. I mean, they were used to it, right? And my daughter's uh, second grade teacher was up there, shocked that Brianna was a little kid could get up there. And my daughter said, uh, <laughs> she goes, we're tough little soldiers. <laughs> So they were rock climbing with me when they were little. Uh, my son climbed this 1,900-foot climb with me when he was seven. He was almost eight, but he was seven. Mountain bikes when they were six and seven. Over the years, they upgraded their mountain bikes. They were mountain biking with me avidly when they were kids. They were rock climbing with me. About the time they were 19 and 20, they started adventure racing and we've done races just all, all over the place. Fabulous, really. And adventure racing effectively, just to define that for those who are not familiar, is basically biking, running, kayaking, doing all sorts of stuff in exotic, amazing locations, like over long but distances. Yeah, the, the big three are, is trekking. I mean, you can say you're running. I mean, you try to. If you're a fit team, you can run the downhills, maybe. But, you're, you know, we, you show up at a transition you just mountain bike 90 kilometers all through the night. You the next set of maps, and you start looking at it, and it's the next leg is 110 mi- miles of trekking through the Scottish Highlands, you know? Yeah. <laughs> With maybe some swims along the way, et cetera. But, and uh, 
So the big three are trekking, kayaking, and mountain biking. That sounds fun. We're, I want to get into some of your uh, backstory as the conversation unfolds, but I guess we'll get the focus into your journey with us at the Fit Father Project. So it's pretty clear that you know you had a big athletic background. You were a fit guy, but I'm sure somewhere along the way that changed a little bit, and you kind of get serious with us in January of 2022. So tell us a little about how you found FFP, and then I guess like what it was like when you committed in for the transformation contest in Jan 2022. Yeah, that'd be fun to talk about. Um, big pivotal point in my life. Yeah. So I entered my 60s kind of like an athlete. I mean, in 2013, I was 60. I went to this event called the uh, Endeavor Team Challenge. And it's on my calendar for this coming uh, July. And you go to their website, it's this monumental test of fitness. There's no, I don't think it's that hard, you know. <laughs> There's been always 50 to 70 some teams there, and we've managed to place my partner and I, good friend, my son's eight. We've managed to place in the top 10, four to five times. Nice. And, and I was doing athletic events every single year through uh, almost every month throughout my 60s. Um, 2018, my son and I set the course record for paddle craft, in other words, a kayak or canoe, in the Everglades Challenge. I'd like to talk about that at least maybe a little later. It's it's kind of a complicated thing to go to a coastal event and even finish 300 miles of kayaking, never mind, right? et cetera. It took us 10 attempts to finally get to the record. Wow. There was a lot going on. Right? There was a lot going on. So I was, what, that was 2018. That's, I don't know, I was uh, 65 at the time or something. And life was continuing on. I'm, I'm this like uh, athlete guy, not really paying attention to my age. Um, but I, I was suffering a lot of pain. I just worked around it. Mm-hmm. That's my habit. So, I mean, I, I, on these two acres I own, I, I planted like 70 trees. That's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I would be out there with a pitchfork, not pitchfork, but a, um, the thing that you know hammers in it. What's that sure. thing? Yeah, like uh, a jackhammer, like a like a. Zone. Well, well, it's a big old, um, not a pitchfork, yeah. but whatever. To soften the ground up. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I get this jarring pain in my. I mean, sometimes I'd be walking the tools back to the garage. I, I couldn't walk. I'd sit down. But most, I mean, sometimes the hip would show up, but most of the time, it was in my knee. It's it's incredible. I I thought I t- tore a ligament during one of them that I was in. Um, still finish the event, but I crippled. I thought I tore my ACL. I mean, that's where it hurt. So I eventually followed, followed up on this with some surgeons. And um, Dr. Amber Randall from Flagstaff Bone & Joint, your knees are fine. It's your hip. It's grinding. And the pain is manifesting as, you know, as in the knee, right? So she said, we can... Uh, do a surgery next week because I had decided, okay, surgery is the best option. We can do it next week, she said. I told her I'm in the middle of training to this 300 mile. This is 2021, like winter up. So I'm training for this 300 mile kayak race. Let's go for it. So it was tough. I mean, we, my son and I would finish a 35 mile paddle and I literally couldn't get out of the boat. That was three. 
but we persevered. We went to the darn race and darn near broke our own record that we set in 2002. Wow. Yeah. We're, weather wasn't quite cooperating, but we were close. So cool. Great. That itself, that's a great memory. That was March 2021. April 2021, I got the surgery. And what an event. I thought I would just bounce back from that. Like, you know, like me. Didn't. I mean, I thought I thought the pain from the next few weeks was just out of this world. Okay, fine, I'll adapt and et cetera, but I thought the return journey from that was tougher than I anticipated. I mean, to, you know, first you're walking in over a walker, kind of. Then you've got two crutches, then you got one crutch, then you got two walking sticks, then you got one walking stick. Then you then you can finally walk. My, my mailbox is about a mile away. It would take me like an hour to walk now. Um anyway, I was still okay with coming back from this, but you're not supposed to pick up a weight for you're not even supposed to bend over. I'd be working around the garden and uh, I'd bend over by doing it with one leg straight. Yeah. I didn't know I was doing basically a RDS. One like Romanian deadlift <laughs> at that time, but I yeah. kind of was. You know? So I, I kind of enjoy archery. So that's a lot of walking. So I shot a lot of arrows during this time, right? I was also drinking a lot. I mean, you, you shoot a bunch of arrows. Hey, let's have a beer and you shoot some more arrows, you have some more beers. It's mostly in the evening. I wasn't drinking all day, but I was drinking a lot more, more than I'd ever have in my and my body, I mean, my body and, and health was just going, boom. And I had joined the Fit Father Project for Life a couple of years earlier because I saw I needed uh, to make some changes. But I couldn't engage the Apex 10 and also train for these other events. And I would be doing, the Apex yeah. 10 requires a lot of me. Yeah. I couldn't also go kayaking. I'd be fried, you know? So I gave up on the Fit Father Project in that, that earlier episode. But I was Fit Father Project for life because I saw the value. And I get across my desk a newsletter describing the um, you know competition, transformation contest. Mm -hmm. And I think I deleted it. <laughs> you, know, you get so many newsletters from everybody, you know. There's another one, right? Upon reflection, I went back into my trash folder dug that out of there you know and i took a close look at it and i said this is exactly what i need right when i signed up mission statement the whole deal you know and um i attacked it i was full on wit. i mean i would do an apex 10 and that afternoon, I work out some more. You know, I was already doing the big fives in conjunction with the MRTs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know, you eventually you added in, let's do a hit. Yep. Well, I was doing hits, like you, you suggested once a week, right? Yep. I was doing hits every afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you people will say, well, you can't do a hit to that level of intensity every day. Well, no, you, can, you probably, probably can't, but I would still go at it. You know, and I found out I love doing hits, you know, <laughs> um, 
I would run down the driveway. I got about a hundred yard driveway, no, no, 50 yard driveway. I'd run down the driveway with two kettlebells. I'd run down the driveway with a 35 pound barbell on a shoulder and come back with it on the other shoulder. I'd, um, I love doing hits with, with arrows. I made this little course through creosote bushes and the cactus and the, you, you got to duck down under a Joshua tree branch and I'd run off with a bow and three arrows. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a 60 second course with my watch, try to get that heart jacked as, you know, as best I could. And, um, and calmly loose three arrows down range as active as possible. And then you watch in the one, you get the three. Okay. Again, you know, for six or seven laughs. And I, I just loved it. I just loved all that stuff. There was nothing I didn't love about the transformation contest. It, it, regardless of, and I apply, you know, if I see contests or competition, probably going to sign up, right? But was it Barry Tanner that won last year? He was one of the winners, yeah. Yeah, he was a, what a, I mean, wow. Right? Right. right. I get a little emotional. <laughs> it's okay. What a phenomenal effort that guy put in, right? Yeah. So it wasn't important. Like I win. I never. I mean, I'll I'll go to a, a competition. I'll look up and down the start line. I'll go. Who's gonna <laughs> Who's gonna beat me? Right. But I know that's not realistic. Nor is it really. I mean, I'm, I'll strive as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Right. That's who I am. But. I'm loving the guys that are on the podium. If I can't be there, I'm fine. Yeah. Happy to have just been there, right? And to meet these people, you know, you go to a competition like in Scotland, it's going to be a 350-mile race, and there's the Athletes Village beforehand, right? You know, there's 30 teams, and there's seven teams from the U.S., and what a what a great bunch of people to meet, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And so in the, in the transformation contest, I think you, you worked phases one through three of FF 30 X. I did. And, and, and how, how did your body transform through that time in terms of weight stats, body fat, strength goals? Like, how would you describe the before and after of having gone through like the six months or so of the, the programming there? Okay. So you take that before picture, right? And you look at it, you know, there was front, side, and back, right? And you look at yourself, and you go, oh, my God. And you may have to edit this, but, I mean, I looked at myself and said, man, I look like a piece of shit. I look horrible. I mean, you know? And um, who cares how it, got, how it got there, but that's where I am now, right? So, so here's what, then after 30 days, you take another set of photos. And my wife is sitting, you know, right here in front of the computer, right? Looking at these photos and l- laughing. The change in 30 days was unbelievable, right? Yeah. I mean, right? The change in 60 days, remarkable. The change in 90 days, like, wow. I, I'm, my life is coming. Yeah. <laughs> mindset physically i mean but the one thing you did is you went like all in on this thing on oh, the, yeah. certainly on the workouts which i imagine was pretty comfortable for you being with your background of like doing a lot of exercise how did your nutrition change through the program what are some of the things you learned or implemented what does your nutrition routine become in conjunction with the training aspect well my wife is brilliant at 
preparing meals. So we've always eaten pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly, I mean, we never go to fast food places, except when we do, right? <laughs> Once a month or so. Yeah. Like, oddly, I'm going to Flagstaff. It's a long journey from here, like three-hour drive, and back and forth. There's so many appointments you have to see your doctor pre-surgery, post, you know, uh-huh. Um, and there's a McDonald's, uh, you know, on the way. <laughs> that was our big thing. We'd see the doctor in the morning and on the way home, sell at McDonald's. You know? Like, kind of horrible to admit that. But but normally, we have always eaten quite well. But I would watch your instructions on nutrition. So, yeah, let's fine-tune this a little bit, right? Let's be better at it. Yeah. And my wife is all in on it. Right. She's she's so great. So there was probably some processed foods and junk foods here and there. That's kind of gone now. Mm-hmm. Although I'll still have tortilla chips with refried beets, you know. Sure. But um, but I look at the label, I go, well, there's no trans fats. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't right, yeah. Um we probably modified our cooking oils. There are there are good cooking ones now. Nice. I probably were before. More leafy greens. Like almost every night. We don't have a salad every single day. Yeah. But we probably have salads uh, five or six nights a week, right? Nice. Dark and big greens. Um, I think our our habits of eating meats were, were probably hasn't changed much. You know, red meat once a week, mm-hmm. a lot of good fish and, and stuff, uh, yep. chicken breast, et cetera. So I think we've probably pretty good most of I snacked a lot better. Yeah. I walk in the kitchen and mm, I don't do that now. In fact, I'm fasting right now. Here's my coffee with coconut MCT oil, right? Yeah. I mean, there it is there. Nice. Um, that's how I start today. Um, I started, I would do that one day a week, 24 hour fast. And I felt remarkable after that. I love that. And, uh, you know, and some people say they have, the difficulty of fasting that whole time. I loved it. I I put myself in the mindset of a hunter gatherer. <laughs> I, I I love working out hungry. Yeah. No, rock climbing was a big part of still I still rock climbing, but big part of my life. And I always felt you climb better slightly hungry you are you're more alert too there's a there's yeah, a hormone called, there's a hormone called anorexin that happens when we're when we've yeah it makes you more alert when you're yeah. not eating yeah so i wouldn't know about that hormone but <laughs> but i was kind of clued into beta endorphins yeah exactly addiction right but um so i i've known for years that you're kind of better hungry at many things right so I love getting out there on that workout deck. I mean, my I, I have some gym equipment in here, but I used it yesterday. The weather was just horrible, so I worked that in here. But um, I love working out hungry. I would get on that workout deck of mine. Hey, but you know, I, I talk about how I was so into it and I was hot and all this. Let me backtrack a second. Um, you know, those MRTs. They're gut-wrenchingly difficult. And to be honest, you know, you go you go up to the pyramid to nine, do you really want to do the tenth? Do you really want to do every rep of the tenth? Right. 
Sometimes you don't. You're sick. <laughs> you would do the swings, then you do the cleaning presses, and then you do the squats, and then you crawl over there. You know, crawl, but you walk over there to the dumbbells to do a renegade rows or renegade push-ups, and you're sick to your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, truthfully. And so I started, I think I'm off the topic of nutrition already. I'm sorry. But I'm, uh, but I'm, I adopted intermittent fasting as lifestyle now. I love that. I mean, I'll, I can't really go 16 hours because seven in the evening to maybe 11 in the morning. Sometimes it's only 14 hours or 15 or sometimes it's 20. Really do, really do I do, do the 20, 40 more. But on the day my wife goes shopping, and if I'm staying here, by the time I, you know, the night before to when she gets home with a nice curry dish from the Filipino restaurant, um, it's probably 20, 22 hours. Yeah. And so that's a good fast, I think, sure. you know? So, yeah. Right. Oh, nice. Right. I don't worry about all the, no- that's another thing. Like, I'm, I like to talk about stress. I've never been a stressful guy. I, I mean, I could panic over opening a package from, I think Amazon's gotten better with their package. <laughs> but if something is very, very, very dangerous, I was the most, I was calm. I'm very, so I, I mean, the only thing that I don't have anything I stress. I mean, I sleep well, pulse is low. That's just something I've been graced with. Right, right. Um, or also, it's training. If you keep pushing yourself into high stress environments, you learn how to. Become, you know, I haven't always made the right call. Yeah. But I've made the right, the wrong call calmly, you know. Right. So there's that. Um, but yeah, getting back to that gut wrenching MRTs, I saw myself as a gladiator with myself, like fighting in the arena. Right. I mean, there's the weak guy who's irresolute, and there's the strong warrior that you want to become. Yeah. You know, so I just, so no matter how sick I was, I would do every rep. In fact, I got in the habit of adding reps. Like I wouldn't just finish, you know, one, two, three. I do all 10 of those. I would do one more push up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think one MRT you had us doing leg lifts. Yep. Well, I added in doing a, a bench press with the leg lifts. Nice. And after every round, I would do, I wouldn't do the eight pull-ups. I couldn't do eight pull-ups. If I would do a pull-up, I would do the let's say I was at I was always loving it when you're downhill. Seven seemed like yeah. now it's downhill, right? But regardless of what number it was at, I would do a pull-up or two or three. You know, I think in one video it was eight and I did eight pull-ups, but that's that that was fictional. Yeah, I really did eight pull-ups for the video right there, but truthfully, if I could go up there and do three or four or five, super happy. You know, I would try to do the pull-ups at the end. Added things. Because I didn't want to be the, my weak self. Yeah. Right, right. And that's the mindset, I think, that's... that The act of doing that little extra tapping into that inner warrior mindset. It's like something that's very primal in the human spirit that makes us feel alive. And at the same time, makes it so that we actually want to seek more of that out. It's like the laziness, the lazy mindset itself has a momentum to it. It's easy to be oh, absolutely. lazy oh, absolutely. when you're being lazy, right? And, 
and on the other side of things, you have this this mindset of just striving a little more. And I think this is one thing I want to give you a lot of respect for. And also, like, I hope people are taking this to to heart. I think what's so unique is that you've made this program your own with modifications and creations that make this even more engaging, fun, and challenging for you specifically. Like the MRTs that you've modified, the the going the little extra, adding something else in. I, I hope that more people listen to this and start doing stuff like that. Like the program I wrote is great. It obviously works. But the program that you adapted for you based on what I created is even better. Right? And I, and I love that you do that. So please speak into that a little bit more and share some stories of, of the stuff that you've modified and what you do. Because I think it will hopefully inspire some people to maybe do the same. Well, early on when I'm doing the Apex 10, let's go back to that for a moment. You know, I wanted to do more. I think I even asked uh, Kat, and she said, well, we should ask Craig. So I asked Craig, is it okay? Because, you know, it, it, if you work out, you need to rest, see the gains. So I don't want to keep crushing myself. So, um, although I, I do like to crush myself. <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to see the gains, right? Well, I wanted to see the losses of the weight. Yep. So I didn't want to blow the program. And Craig said, yeah. Work out again that day. Better if you did it right after the Apex 10, but I, I honestly couldn't. I was fried at the end of any Apex 10. I mean, right? So in the afternoon, I have an afternoon. So I'd, go, I'd go eat. I'd go take a nap. I'd come back in the afternoon with a coffee, you know? Um, and so my I was doing sort of the big five, but way before you even fed us, fed us that. And I was specifically working on things that I was weak at. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I was in the Army, I could do 45 dips, parallel bar dips, yeah, nice ones. I could do 27 pull-ups, right? I was that guy then, right? Now, I, I set up a couple of bars, and I couldn't do one dip. <laughs> okay? And my pull-ups, you know, weren't as strong as they should be. You know, I got fat. I got weak. So I was doing chair dips. I was doing push-ups and bench. I was doing pull-ups. I would, I'd start off with pull-ups, do a routine, go back to doing pull-ups to finish, start and finish with the pull-ups. Right? So there's an adaptation. I I was working on my weaknesses. Yep. Right. I'm still working on weaknesses. Yeah. Okay, I can't do a back arch. I found that out the other day. Somebody on uh, somewhere on YouTube was doing a back arch. I go, I used to do those. I get down on the floor to do one. And I was glued to the floor. I, <laughs> I was like epoxy to the floor, right? Okay, yeah. so I'm I'm a little better now. It's been a couple weeks, but I'm still not way far from being satisfied with my back arch. So I've got to keep working. You know, I think it's fascinating about this is like I I read a book many years back. It was called Top Dogs, and it basically looks at like people who perform the highest in many different areas of life. Like, why is Tiger Woods so great at golf and other kinds mm-hmm. of things? And what they found is one of the main traits is deliberate practice. Like the top performers find things that they're actually weak in and they identify that and they do deliberate mm-hmm. practice around that. And it seems like, not surprisingly, you as an athlete and all the races you've done and your army time and all that, like you have a mindset, whether it's conscious or unconscious, of looking at your weaknesses and wanting to adapt training to round those out. And I think that's so cool that you do that specifically. You don't get better by working what you're already good at. Sure. You cannot win unless you address your weaknesses. 
And that's where humility comes into greatness too, I guess. It's like you have to really be able to self-assess where you're at with with that without negativity, with just like reality. Right, right. Like this is so, this is where I'm at. I'm glued to the floor. I can't do a back arch. Now what? What's the plan? How am I going to change it? Do I want to change it? Why do I want to change it? Like that kind of mindset is applied everywhere in life. Certainly fitness, but with your family, with your business adventures, racing, whatever. Well, the back arch, that's, that's mobility. Yeah. Right? So when I first, okay, early in one of your MRTs, not the Apex 10, but I don't know which one. I have, to, I have my notes here, but let me show you something. Yep. All the workouts. Mm-hmm. All, so like, you know, all of them. There's old school abs, for instance. You know, nice. Everything. Everything's here. Right? Um, you had a... Or you, you know, part of the workout was a reverse lunge. Yep. That was double trouble, I think. Drop back, okay. reverse lunge. Yep. Well, my double trouble doesn't list reverse lunge because <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. Right? Right? So, and I used to be so mobile and flexible as a climber, et cetera. You know, that hip surgery, my knee, I was kind of, anyway, I lost the ability to do things with my knees during that time. I wasn't just drinking and getting fat. I was getting immobile. I was getting immobile. Um, Shocking, really. So when the double trouble requires me to do a back lunge and I cannot do it, I had to address that problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have a a PowerTech half rack on my workout deck. And, you know, you put a barbell up there and it's like a handle. And so I'm like one hand trying to do front lunges, trying to do back. Well, now I can do lunges quite well. Not as well as I want to. I'm still working on it. But I can do walking lunges across the yard with a couple dumbbells. I can, with a kettlebell, I can do back lunge. It's like a goblet, yep. you know, lunge. Not smooth yet. Right, a little. If I get warmed up, maybe it look. I can make it look smooth for a camera or something. But no, it's not. It's not smooth yet. But now I can do a forward lunge, roll back into a back lunge, forward lunge, back. You know, yeah. I'm moving again. So now let's look at the the back arch. Right, couldn't do it. Well, I want to do it because I want to be mobile. Yep. Right, I want to be able to go out there and get into a. A grasshopper squat and lose an arrow at the target. Yeah. Right? But right now, I can, but it, it had to come back to that because I couldn't squat. About two weeks ago, I saw you, you said five movements you need to do and one was a deep squat. Yeah. Well, you know what I discovered yet, yesterday? Was that if you hold a weight, like a <laughs> goblet again, right? Yeah. And you go into that deep squat, it's like a counterbalance. Yeah. It's like you're holding on to something, but it's better because this holding on to something is moving with you. It's a great idea. Yeah, it, it, it works beautifully. And I only just figured that out yesterday. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. So yesterday I had to come inside to work out and I that bow flex you can see back there. In the, yep. you know? Well, that's helpful sometimes. I don't use it that much anymore. But yesterday it was so, the weather yesterday was just so atrocious. And, Come inside. I warm up on the bow flex, doing unilateral and bilateral, everything. A great little workout. 
Then I go outside and I, I have four weights of dumbbells, right? And so I, farmers walk the lightest in. And you, you know that's this, I called it, I think you called it the strength bullet. Yeah. Yeah, bullet strength. Yep, exactly. So I work up in the weights. Like I'll go to, I'll go to the light ones first. Yeah. But I did a modification. You know, I did um, three three swings, then three cleans and presses, mm-hmm. and then three squats, but very deep squat. Yeah. And that's where I discovered, like, so I did it with, with two kettlebells, mm-hmm. but then I did it unilaterally with one. And also I w- w- occasionally would just throw in a goblet too. Mm-hmm. And wow, I found out that deep squat was like I was holding on to something as I was trying to get down there on my, on my butt to my heels, mm-hmm. you know? And it felt great. It just felt great. Yeah. But then I, I, my finishing workout was, you know, you gave instruction on how to proper, do a proper push-up a long time ago, right? I saw that somewhere. So, you know, down slow, split back up. Yep. And I'd go over to pull-up apparatus, and um, not interested there in trying to crank out a bunch of a bunch of those. Right. But I like it because you start off phonated and you come into yeah. supinated and you're yes. hanging and you're doing a leg, uh, you know, like hinging at the hips. Bring, yep. A few of those feel great. Yep. They do. They just feel great, you know? So I, at what point in your Fit Father journey did you, well, I guess from the beginning, you were making these modifications, but like what I'm getting at is something that stands out to me is that you, incorporate this element of play and exploration into your exercise or it's not just like I think a lot of guys think about exercise as I need to get my workout in and for you it's much more expansive than that this is like this is Uh, mobility this is fun plus you incorporate a lot of outside stuff which I don't I, I think is very important like you do a hybrid of working out outside on your deck plus inside the element of nature fresh air sunshine you know probably harkens back some of this youthful I'm outside playing now. And I think that's a part of your personality that I think is unique. So please speak into that a little bit. So that was yesterday's morning's workout, the kettlebells and the pull and all this stuff. And then in the afternoon, I did a, a hike up a, a mountain, that, um, a hill really, but big hill, but no trail, no road. And it's lava. You know how that is? It's unbelievably yeah, walking. It's, rocks. <laughs> yeah, there's no walking smoothly. And I don't want to do that too often, but once in a while, because it, it's challenging just to walk the terrain. Every step has to be, you know. So how do I make my workouts fun? Why? Or something? Yeah. The mindset the mindset of uh, play and the mindset okay. of just like that, because I think that's unique and, and different than many people approach exercise. Well, life is play. <laughs> you know, I see guys on the on the Brotherhood on Facebook saying they, you know, they don't really like working out and stuff. And I get that. They probably doing probably important guys doing important things somewhere, but I feel, also feel sad because I mean, working out shouldn't be, that seems like that's all I do. right? <laughs> it shouldn't be that either. And I'll, I'll get to that in a moment as well. But my mother encouraged my sister and I to be adventurous. I mean, she reads to us every day, so. Um, and, uh, you know, I found myself doing adventures when I was little. I mean, 
I climbed the city water tower of the city of Westminster, California when I was five years old. <laughs> nice. And, right, which my mother wasn't upset, but she said, just don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, spank me or something. But she also taught me respect for other people, for other things. You're at the beach, you throw, you're a little kid, you throw a rock at a seagull. My mom dropped a rock on my head. Asked me how I felt. I learned not to throw rocks at animals, right? I learned to respect for nature as well. So, okay, but you're, so, okay, so you're in, so let's say you're in high school. You're training for, to be a better runner. Um, you're training to be a better wrestler. Then you go in the army. You're training to be a better soldier, right? I mean, I mean, in the army, I could run two miles at nine. My best time was nine fifty one in combat boots, not on a track either, like on a on a soccer field. Um, I set the all army record uh, the monkey bars, which the army calls the horizontal ladder. I mean, I think I slapped one hundred forty five in one hundred twenty seconds. Wow. Uh, at Ranger School, I tied the all time record for the Derby Queen, kind of a infamous uh, obstacle course there. And I just was looking up at some YouTube recently, uh, YouTube videos of Darby Queen. It hasn't changed much. Okay, then I became an iron worker. And you, you know, that's a physical trade. You don't train to be an iron worker. You just go, go work. But I started rock climbing almost every weekend. And it was great because on Sunday afternoons, was the family was rock climbing, you know. <laughs> Beautiful memories there. So you train. Okay, midweek, you're training to be a better rock climber. Because you're going rock climbing because it's fun and you climb. It's climbing. I'd like to talk about why one climbs, but I don't know if we have time for that. But um, it's immediate gratification. Like a chess game, you're working three moves ahead. When you're climbing, you're on a vertical. Your body's the chess piece. The clip is the chess board, and you've got to solve the problem. And when you do, it's immediate, immediate gratification. Positive reinforcement. If you fall and you fail, you fall into a piece and like fall to the ground or something. That's also a lesson. That's not how you do that move. Or I'm not strong enough yet to do this climb. So climbing is problem solving and you train for it. And then adventure racing. Well, you're not going to go to, if you're going to go to a race, it's 350 mile race, or I've done 600 mile races. You have to prepare for that. You, ha- you have to at least show up confident. You don't have to have it in your mindset you're going to win. You don't have to have a mindset you're going to be the champion adventure racer in the world. Because it's not going to, or the best climber in the world. It's not going to necessarily happen. I never had that mindset. I just want to be good at what I apply myself. And if you're going to go with a team, like adventure racing is a team of you and one guy, or you and a team of three or four or five. And if you're going to go there with a team, you have to be, be Part of that team, you have to be confident. So you train so that you're going to be a good teammate. You train for confidence, right? You don't have to be the best mountain biker or best anything, but you have to be good at it, fairly good at it, right? So, so fun. Well, I'm 69 years old now, right? So I used to train to be a better this or that. Now what am I training for? I think I'm, well, I have an event on the calendar and I'm training for that, but that's not my, we'll go there and we're going to do good. I know that, but you have to train for it. 
but I'm also training for my just for my life, right? Um, it, it's first of all, it's fun to be alive, right? In the most in the most simplest sense, it's just fun to get up in the morning. You know, the latest I've slept in my whole life, you know, in the last say fifty years, seven forty in the morning. <laughs> You are an army man through and through, yeah, my friend. I, mean, you know, <laughs> I had this great colonel one time was our commanding officer, uh, you know, battalion commander. And he said a soldier should be, get up in the morning, shit, shower, shave, and be in formation in five minutes. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite possible, but that was the standard, right? Yeah. That was the goal you aimed for. And, um, and he's an admirable man. You know, you, when he said you should be able to do that, you believed him, right? So um, just like you, when you give us a program, we fall in line, you know? So I'm training right now to be the best. See, I used to not train to try to be the champion of anything. But now I'm trying to be the best Robert that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in you doing that, I'll say 70, you're 69. I don't want to date you, but like, right. I think there's something special about bringing that mindset of expansion into the back part of life. I think this, it's the contrast to me that seems so powerful and beautiful. And the fact that you're making progress on all these fronts and that you're becoming the best version of you now at this stage in life. You know, you're not setting army course records at this stage, but you're setting no. personal records for what is possible for you in your body at 70 with the mindset of an improvement. And I think if we look around, most people are effectively giving up in midlife, in their 40s and 50s, thinking that their best days are behind them. And you're redefining what best means and moving forward in a powerful way with structured training and fun and, and pushing yourself at 70, which I think is just so amazing. And most of the guys listening to this are probably not 70 yet. So like, I hope no, they no. find inspiration in how you're living your life and you're 10, 15 years ahead of most of these guys. There was a brother who on a post not long ago, uh, he might have mentioned something that he's not having a, a lot of fun doing these workouts or something to that effect. Um, and I, I try to throw my two cents in. I mean, I don't try... You know, we can't click like on everybody's post because we're not always seeing everybody's posts. We can't comment all the time. And nor do I know if a comment's always appropriate. But I mean, I have some people in mind that are like, God darn, this guy's like, is his name Tony Sh- Shivers or Shivers? Yeah. yeah. Talk wow. about having adversity in his life and like overcoming that, right? For his family. Like, dang, that guy yeah, inspires so, me. So when I see something from Tony and other guys, you know, I try to throw my way in a little bit. With something positive, right? But this one individual said, I don't know if he was loving the workouts or something. I don't want to get into a whole philosophy. I'm not as qualified as Boston course. <laughs> but I think I mentioned um, Teddy Roosevelt's The Man in the Arena. Yeah. Well, I know I mentioned that too. You know, early on, when I realized I was in personal combat with myself to, to get there, right? To win. My win was to accomplish my mission statement. I started, I printed it out. 
I got it's out in Finland room. But I printed out the man in the arena. And I read it before every Apex 10. I didn't start off with the man in the arena readout, but I evolved into that. I, I haven't memorized it. You know? It is not the critic who counts. It is not not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I, one of your early workouts asked us to do a 45-second plank, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do a 45-second plank. Now I could recite to <laughs> in a plank position. Yeah. I, I can hang in a plank position for minutes now. Yeah. Yeah. So now when I recite that, I get down on two dumbbells in a plank position <laughs> and about every other light, I'm doing a push-up. Yeah. Right? It's good reinforcement. It is. And what I find is, is striking too, it's, I think you could say the measure of a successful man, especially when you're out of structure, when you're out of school, when you're out of the army and you don't have people telling you what to do is can you impose this fun structure and discipline upon yourself? Can you both say this, like, I just, I know I keep on coming back to this, but Mm. like, I don't think people are reciting powerful poetry in plank position before their apex 10. And I hope more people start doing stuff like that. Subtle things that you do, I'd say fairly naturally. It's just kind of who you are and what your life experiences molded you into how you approach things. But you create as a as a byproduct that you're creating more meaning and engagement into the things that you do, which makes them more fun, which makes them more connected. And ultimately, that's why you're so passionate about, you know, how you roll. And it's so cool to see. Yeah, I get it a little I'm passionate. I get a little emotional too as as well. It's almost yeah. embarrassing. Uh, not really. So <laughs> but um my mother read to us when we were little every evening. Uh, I don't read enough anymore, but I read enough to value good reading. Like, for instance, Invictus, another poem I would yeah. read on occasion, right? Yeah. I have memorized as well. I, I didn't try to memorize it, but it's memorized now, though. Mm-hmm. Inspiration from others, you know? I mean, I'm not by myself in this world, right? None of us are, Yeah. right? And um, we're part of a, you know, we could say society, a, a human race, but... In the Fit Father Project, we're part of a tribe. Mm-hmm. You've literally created a tribe. And um, people like to belong. Yeah. You know what I think you did just recently is you have this uh, transformation contest going now monthly, yeah. quarterly. That was brilliant. Because people like to rise to the occasion of a challenge. This is I think sure. you're going to engage more people with that than you ever have before. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm glad. And I, I, I think I take, I can't take credit for that. There's someone on our team came up with that brilliant idea, which is great. Surround yourself yeah. with smarter people. So, but uh, I also, I think what you said is true. Like we all, we do, the human spirit does rise to the occasion. We mm. like, if it's almost like you can't think when you're going into, and I, I have no experience kayaking 300 miles, but like you can't approach that thinking about everything that it's going to take. You can just oh, approach no. that with the willingness to like start and yes. knowing that you'll push through the suck and you can stay present to that. And then you could do things that you your mind would never even thought possible. Like 
Right. You, you're not, you can't estimate what the energy investment or the cost would be, but you have to have the willingness to step into the arena. And then once you're in there, the power that you can find internally is deep, deeper than you may expect. Just looking at that event as a journey, my son and I went to that. He didn't think he wanted, I don't know, 300 miles, yeah. right? I somehow had it in my mind I wanted to. And that, that was 2006. And it, it kicked our ass. It almost killed us. I mean, it was incredibly... We didn't go back for four years. <laughs> <laughs> that much fun, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, but we did go back. And we did a lot better. Then we went back again in 2011. And we did a lot better. And in 2011, we actually were the first paddlecraft to finish. And so all the way back, the drive all the way back from Florida back to Arizona, we were elated, right? We couldn't believe we just did that. Yeah. But, but every time you go there, you learn more and more and more and more. To the point that, you know, you make a mistake, you go, oh, we'll never do that again. We learned so much that we found out that some mistakes were recycling back, <laughs> back in, right? Oh, we forgot about that mistake, you know? Right. But so you just keep learning and learning, and then the lessons become ingrained. And now I think like a pro kayak, long distance kayak. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I go out there and not stakes, though. I mean, weather, water, the ocean, they're harsh masters. They can crush you. Yeah. Yeah. So you stay humble, stay confident. You you go out to sea with every bit of confidence. But in a very humble manner. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the that's like um the the energy and fire and drive of a young man mixed with the wisdom of an old man, the wisdom and the humility of experience and reverence for these powerful forces, and not losing the desire to encounter those challenges and those forces. That's why I think like something like the Apex or any of the MRTs are like a microcosm of this greater approach to life. It's like you have a 45-minute session where you're going to dig deep, intentionally come face-to-face with challenge and choose to overcome it. And I mean, you do that in many different ways through these different sporting activities and the MRTs that you create. Um, But I think the benefit of the workout, it's not just the metabolic benefits, the fat burning, the muscle building, the fitness improvements. It's like, this is how you're now shaping your mind to work. And then that translates to a certain kind of mindset that is filled with more power. That obviously translates to all other areas of your life. You start approaching things and be like, I do hard things. I can overcome hard things. In fact, I seek out being uncomfortable because I experience the growth on the other side. That growth mindset is something that I think just like seeps out of you, Robert. And that's why I'm just like really grateful that we were able to dive into some of your life experience here. But it does. And in some ways, I'm the guy. I'm the, I'm I'm a leader, but but I'm not leader of a corporation, <laughs> right? I mean, I never applied myself to be that guy. I never applied myself to making a lot of money. I always applied myself to earning that wage. I, I didn't work most weekends for the overtime. I wanted to go rock climb, <laughs> you know. But I I I showed up to work every day. Even when I was sick, I'd show up to work. You know, I figured if you're going to be sick, you might as well be sick of work. 
I just lay around, right? Um, but I never applied myself to some of the uh, um, what's the what's the word? Uh, some of those measurements that that would define success. Mm-hmm. Uh, my success, well, first of all, was to, one was to see my kids happy and grow up, right? You know, so I tried to provide a good role model. But it was, it was a narrow role model. I didn't teach them how to go out and get rich either, right? But they're in their 40s now, and they're both fit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so, I, you know, that was, that's a measurement of success for me, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm doing here is uh, I'm qualifying my, my success and my leadership role. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine. I'm a, I'm a role model in some arenas. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll admit to that, but it's limited. It's narrow. If there's a narrow path, right? But I don't think, like in a tribe, that's how society's developed. Sure, sure. And you're doing yourself authentically. This is your authentic expression, what you've been doing, and I think you've lived a very authentic life in that sense, and you're continuing that's, to. Yeah, and so, but but I was losing it there too. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, that's a lesson, right? Maybe even one of the greatest lessons is even someone who's been as dialed in as you can have a fall and has to go through the same humble part of like picking yourself back up, admitting that you say you look like a piece of shit and that you need yep. to like make some changes. And exactly. And no, now you're back I, on it. I did not want, it was not in my soul to look in that mirror anymore at that guy. Now, when I saw your transformation contest come along, that was like the one-man tribe yeah. had to go to war to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked at it that way. Yeah. And uh, the, what I'll say, too, is um, the nature of creating containers for your commitment is a subtle but important thing. Like <laughs> when you sign up for a race, you know there's a date which means there is a gap of time between now and then that is a container for you to pour your energy into. You did that same thing with the transformation contest. You, I did. You, you, and so listen up, guys. If you want to like make changes, like sometimes create containers. There's a reason why the first phase of the program is a 30-day thing with a container and a mission statement. It's like you're not going to change your whole life in 30 days, but it's something you can wrap your head around of 30 days of effort. So how can you continue to do that? I think you're continuing to do that in many ways, not just through races, but through your training protocols. It's just it's a subtle, but I think more important thing than we give it credit for that our minds and our motivation works well when we set targets which means we have a space to really pour our energy into. I learned somewhere in my 50s when I kind of retired from being an iron worker, but I started a little company. It was a kike and guide company. Had a lot of fun with that over the last, you know, almost 20 years. But I realized something that if I put an event on the calendar for next month or for six months, Athletic community. I have to prepare for that athletic. I mean, it gives me something I have to do. Again, I have to show up at that event competent. I could dream about doing a certain event, or I could put it on the calendar. Yeah. And if I put it on the calendar, it's an event. I have. It's, it's something specific and concrete that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the FX 
30X, that 90, that three month transformation conference. That was a great thing that was on my calendar. Yeah. It gave me that focus every single day. So I want to ask a question for everyone listening now is like, we're recording this at the beginning of 2023. Mm. There is 10 months ahead. What kind of things can people listening put on the calendar? Something you've been thinking about. Is it like running a 5K, doing a Spartan race, like getting a new yeah. program in place? Like Penny and all what, of us. What can you take from this conversation to put on the calendar in the future? Throw it down in July, throw it down in August, but like it's there. You've seen where it's at. Maybe you even pay the registration fee. And now you're like, you're in. The, the process of action has started. Energy is in motion. Commitment has been made. Do you want me to, li- to yeah, mean sure. something to you? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, let's look at uh, Roberto Santos. Yep. He's doing these rocking events, go rock events. Yep. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool, in fact. Um, you know, I've been working my traps so hard, I put a 20-pound ruck plate in a pack. I'm like, oh. <laughs> So I've been doing my rocking. What little rocking I'm doing, he's carrying some bigger weights than I am. But I, I'm doing my rucking days on body days because it's going to be some walking etc etc it's the lower body upper body and my traps are going to get you know (laughs) taxed again right okay okay i have a challenge for you okay okay the endeavor team challenge yep go to their darn website take a look at it sign take a brother oh you could at your disposal you've got yeah, plenty of guys that would come with me on some one of these things, but I, I got it. I'll Absolutely. open the URL and I'll do it today. Yeah. I mean, you could go pick it, but, but pick one of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably want somebody fairly athletic. Right. You, you have to go do the deed. It's going to start off with like a 20 mile run. Mm-hmm. Right. So this last time was, uh, last August was hilarious. It was hilarious. There was a, Okay, at the start, they give you this uh, task to, to do. They give you a rope and some, you know, and we had to make a fire with some just some uh, basic fundamental things mm-hmm. and burn this rope in half. Well, one thing I should have done is taken the axe and made kindling out of the frayed ends of the rope. Yeah. So one of the uh, organizers, a uh, great guy, he comes over and he goes, How are you guys doing? And, you know, I'm focused on trying to make this fire, you know, and all this, you know. I go, well, actually, not too good. But I go, if this is the worst problem we have in the next 24 hours, we'll be doing great, you know. I didn't care that I wasn't making the fire. You couldn't start the event until you made a fire and burn your rope in there. So there was 49 teams, and we were the third from last to leave. <laughs> we were already in. 46th place or something, you know, but who cares, right? So we go about a mile and you got to navigate with your map the whole way. So like which you're going the streets of uh, Bend, Oregon, do we turn left, we turn, you know, which way do we go? We get to the first, about a mile away. There's bear crawls, there's buddy carries like a wounded warrior. There's some things to do. Then they give us another map. And then suddenly we go about a mile. And now we're in the cold Rogue River. Or I think it's the Rogue River, but anyway, now we're swimming, you know, but our transitions are fast, and uh, and we get another map, and we're at a CrossFit gym, 
and we arrived at the cross, CrossFit gym in 17th position. We were 45th or 6th, now we're 17th. And you walk into this gym, and there's already some teams in front of you. Some teams have already completed those events there. And these, these guys in front of us look like CrossFit champions. I mean, the testosterone that was exploding all over that gym was out of control, you know? We ended up finishing our requirements in that CrossFit gym in, in the end of the whole game. Eighth. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then they gave us directions to go down to this climbing gym. Now, I'm a climber, but my 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 buddy Ryan, not a, not a climber. But we finished that eighth. Right? Now, we leave the leave the climbing gym, we're in 12th position. Now we got a bunch of more miles to do. We end up in these woods and we exited those woods in seventh position. And we held the seventh position all the way to the end of that first sort of 20 miler. Right. And, and so this goes on for 30 hours. Challenges, decision-making. Do we always make the wrong decisions? No, we made some horrible decisions, but you, (laughs) But you, you know, you recover from that dumb move and try to do the next move better. And in the end, we finished eighth. You know, very happy with that, considering you just looked around at the field and you go, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> I mean, there's some champion looking people there. Yeah. You know, right. Right. But I don't really let that intimidate me, but I do pay attention to who I'm going to compete against. Right. And um, it's a lot of fun. So where am I at with this? You should sign up for it. You should bring one of us. And you should, and you're going to have a blast. I mean, I'm telling you. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, yeah you're going to have a blast. I like how this turned on to me. And um, I, t- I take your challenge. I'll get one on the books later this year. And uh, no, do it right away. Yeah, no, no. I'm going to schedule no, it, but I'll, I'll pick it. I'll pick it. I gotta... <laughs> yeah, deal. I'm in. Okay. Because what they'll do, the organizers, two great guys, uh, I used to compete with these guys, like in the previous Mm -hmm. editions of the sport, but now they're the organizer's owners, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a quick note. The guy that, the originator of this, he'll be there. I was in the army with his dad 50 years ago. That's cool. That's right. You're still getting after it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Okay, so um, these guys will put a smiley... um, you know, Anthony Balduzzi on their uh, Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll sh- and your teammate once you get one, and they'll say, "Look at the sign up we got here." You know, cool. and I'll know you've signed up because I'll see your smiley face. Or you know, okay, accountability done. I love it. Right now, on, R- Robert. Uh, I want to. I want to um, turn the floor over to you one final time to wrap this up for. Mm. Any any single message, and it could be a repeat of what you've shared, a words of wisdom, could be something from your mom, anything you'd like to leave is like kind of a bow and a little capstone on this wonderful conversation. There is my man in the arena, right? That mm-hmm. I printed out. Yeah. Okay. I I wrote a, an abridged version of my mission statement. Oh, actually, none of these words were in the mission statement, but I wrote sort of an addendum to my original mission statement a long time ago. You can see them. Yeah. It's not reading backwards, is it? No, it says, I will not exit the arena until I am triumphant. There it is. If you're going to enter the arena, the Apex 10, stay with it. That's it. That's your mission statement. Do not exit the arena. 
regardless of what you're doing in life. If you put it on a calendar, then see it through. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that does that make sense or is that worthy no, it of it? Really does. And 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 like I'll I'll I wanna just maybe comment on that to to give my personal reflection. Mm. It's it's really the mindset of just like I will not quit. Like, which means that that weak voice that wants to throw in the towel, this is getting too hard. Like, that's not mm. to say that the voice won't be there, but you can observe that, watch that, and then double down on that deep feeling as I will not quit and not until I'm triumphant, which, which again, you've, you've reiterated is that doesn't mean the best in the world. It means you got through it. You did what you said you were going to do, which I think is the root of integrity. And when we feel whole and integral with our ability to do stuff, and and not listen to the weakness that takes us off track. Like that's when we feel congruent, and that's when we create amazing results. And if I could add, please. Okay, and it's just not that you're just going to see the FFX thirty thirty X through and not quit, but you may not. Well, what am I trying to say here? You'll learn that you like being this new guy. This transformation process. Right, which involves being physical, it does. Right, if you let it, if you see through all the, I feel like quitting. If you see yourself through all of those obstacles, you're eventually going to be that change guy who loves this, who loves going up that hill, who loves feeling the quads work. Right. Who loves feeling the breathing, right? The heart rate, all of it. Like I never used to wear a heart rate thing. I don't know who cares about that. You know, I know I'm, but I, I like looking at the results, right? Right. Um, you're gonna whoever I'm talking to right now, you're gonna lo- you're gonna love what you're creating in yourself for yourself. You're gonna love the feelings. I mean, the Apex Ten may not seem like the sexiest thing in the world right now. You're on your hands and knees and you feel like puking. But eventually mm-hmm. you'll be triumphant. Yeah. And you'll like that feeling. I, I that, that sits even deeper for me. Um, triumphant in the sense of you can be in the arena of the particular workout, you're gonna be triumphant, but triumphant, really what it means also is transformation. I Absolutely. Mean, you become transformed. And that Absolutely. means that you're thinking. Your motivations are fundamentally changed in a direction of strength, in the direction of the warrior that overcame and over continues to overcome. What a message. Absolutely. And Absolutely. what a message. And I, I want to say thanks for being on here and being one of the old bucks in the community with the big rack of horns that's been around the block and is still crushing it. And I think you particularly here at 70... Um, are just a super valuable conversation because anybody who's thinking like I'm over the hill, I'm too old, like you're just living proof that that's just absolutely not true. So I, I'm I'm excited to know that you're out there <laughs> in 45 minutes away from the closest grocery store, carrying 50 pound kettlebells down your damn driveway and out a mile to get your mail. And this is and you're just filled with love and joy as you're doing that. So Robert, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate you so much. And this is a wonderful conversation. Yes, sir. Thank thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. 
to watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash Fit Father Project to get access to our entire video library. And finally, if you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.